If I become wealthy, will I end up buying too much stuff? I've spoken to many women before who have shunned the idea of becoming wealthy because they just don't desire all of the typical trappings of that success. You know, the walk-in closet lined floor to ceiling with designer heels, the fleet of luxury cars on the driveway, spoilt kids who have everything and somehow still aren't satisfied. (laughs) There's a real picture of success that we can paint there, right? Or rather, it's been painted for us. So, does tuning into abundance, and in particular financial abundance, mean that we'll all become consumerist douchebags, and so it's better if we lower our sights and goals? Is it better for the planet if we all find a way to just make do with less? If we run away from mindless, empty consumerism, what should we be running towards? On today's show, we're discussing all of this and more. It's really easy for this topic to become very polarized, but I'm here with a third way, a way that I think can be the antidote to consumerism without us having to embrace austerity and restrictive frugality. Plus, I give you a very powerful reminder of the truth about what you yes, you, my love, could or would do with scads of money. Ready for an expansive conversation? Let's do this. You're listening to the Limitless Mother podcast. I'm your host, Corey Javid, money mindset expert, success coach, mother, tea drinker, energy obsessed, manifester, afternoon bath lover, and thought leader in financial empowerment for mums. I know that we get to be successful because we are mothers, not in spite of it. And so around here, we do things differently. I've torn up the business rulebook and created a new paradigm for us, one in which we create results using energy instead of effort. I'm on a mission to help you ditch the old way of creating success. You know the one where you work hard, hustle, and sacrifice, ew and instead teach you how to increase your impact and income without increasing your hours and how to manifest your dreams. So if you're a mother who's ready to learn how to elevate your energy to start making bank and start living your limitless life, this is your podcast, my love, and I'm your new biz bestie. Join me as we explore what's possible for us as mothers and business owners when we remove the limits. Hello, hello, Limitless Mothers. How are you doing? It's me, Cory Javid from CoryJavid.com. Seriously, how are you? Thank you for asking. I am a little bit better than excellent. That's how I would describe myself right now. Oh, the I just feel very settled actually in this temporary abode of ours and really grateful for so many aspects of it. Is it as delightful as our kind of like custom renovated previous home? No, obviously. No underfloor heating for a start. (laughs) Oh, how spoiled I've been. But there's so much birdsong here. Oh my goodness, that might sound like such a simple thing, but it brings me so much joy daily. I didn't realize how lacking in wildlife where we lived was. And yeah, it's just, I love it. There's more sky here. Does that make any sense? Just the position of the house and the outlook of it is such that there's just a feeling of more sky when I look out of the windows. I'm just feeling super grateful just sitting here Gazing out my window, at the birds, at the trees, listening to the bird song. So delightful. I've just come off of one of my mastermind calls. I just fucking love these women. Oh, <laughs> so much. You know when you feel like you could just squeeze them so hard? I 
just love them so much and how they support each other and how they show up for this work and the incredible badass things that they do. Oh my days. I had... Annie Gashuru come and speak to one of my mastermind groups. I don't know if you know Annie. She's a diversity, equity, and inclusion expert. I love her. I've had her on the podcast before. I've done her course. She was kind enough to come and give a masterclass to one of my groups of women. And she asked the ladies who were on the call to share, you know, a little bit about themselves and their businesses. And she was like, whoa, Corey, this group of, I can't remember exactly what the words she said, but in my mind, it was something like, just badasses, just the work that they're doing is so phenomenal out in the world the impact that they're making oh just love it just love it pinch me is this my life okay and that's enough of me gushing about how obsessed I am with my life (laughs) for now I'm really excited to bring this podcast episode to you today it's going to be a little bit different because it's going to be more of a conversation less of like a training. Sometimes I kind of like to have like more of one style or the other. This is more of a conversation and there's going to be some really juicy nuggets in here, I feel like, because this is such a, I think this is such an important conversation for us to be having at this particular time in the world. And it's definitely a conversation I have frequently with clients and in my mastermind containers. So I wanted to bring it to you because it's important. But before we get stuck in, we are, of course, in the month of the energy of money. This is our theme for the whole month. Have you been enjoying it? Let me know. I love it when you give me feedback over on Instagram DMs. That's the place to do it. And several of you have requested that I do the time-bending episode. So that will be coming once we have completed our energy of money theme. So coming up next month, at some point, I will squeeze that into the schedule. Very excited for that. And also just over here celebrating my clients as always. I thought I'd bring you like a slightly different spin on some of their wins this week. So one of them is closing in on being fully booked for the first time in her business. That is so exciting. Actually, now I've said that too well. Um, (laughs) Another is pursuing the purchase of the premise that she operates her business within, which felt like a much longer term plan. And she hadn't even dared to vocalize this to anyone except for her own self and soul. But isn't the universe always listening? And hasn't this opportunity just been presented on a platter? So that's potentially in the makings, which is hugely exciting. Another of my clients just completed a course that she's been feeling really called to create. And, you know, we one of the things that we talked about was finding the time for business growth when your business is busy and that was a challenge for her and she made it happen she created the course and now she's getting it out there into the world I mean so many things to be excited about if you're enjoying us and our conversation around the energy of money something that I would definitely recommend is to head over to corriejavid.com forward slash limitless and check out my money mindset course limitless money because in that course I do cover a lot of the foundational aspects of the energy of money, not just so that you understand it, because what is the point of just knowing a thing? It's becoming a thing, it's integrating it. So it's understanding it and then using the energy of money with intention to change your experience of money in real life, which literally we're talking about change your bank balance (laughs) by changing your energy change your experience how you feel about money by changing your energy so that's where I really teach but then also transform you the great thing about that course is it is 100% audio so 
You can fit it in. You don't need to make additional time to sit down and work through workbooks or watch videos. I know that so many of us feel busy and have a lot of demands on our time as mums and business owners. And so it was really important to me to create a course that you complete. And I literally never hear of anybody doing anything other than binging on it because they love it so much. Because it's a very unique experience. It's nothing like the podcast. It's like a spa day for your brain. And it just is such, I think, important work, not just to understand the energetics of money so that you can actually engage with and interact with money in a more empowered way, in a way that feels better, and a way that you feel like actually you are the source of your own abundance. But in there, I also take you through the important work of looking at What is your current belief system around money? What are the thoughts that you've been thinking in the background there that maybe have been going unchecked? How have you been programmed to think and act around money through childhood, through adulthood, and also what impact has motherhood had on your view of money and therefore your experience of money? This is really important work. If you want to be earning more, if you want to be feeling like you have just that, what's the word I'm looking for here, like that sense of freedom around money, the ability to be like, yeah, I will, to to go back to a previous episode, I will buy my daughter the horse, or we will go on that holiday to Disney, or yes, I will buy that house from my vision board. The ability to feel like that's possible has to start with our belief system. And if we don't feel safe talking about money, thinking about money, uh, receiving money, we just will sabotage it in all all myriad of ways. And so, I mean, I could go on about it for an entire podcast episode, so I, I won't. But it's just so transformational. I'm so proud of this course, even though it isn't something that I've just created. I know sometimes we can be just proud of the thing that we're doing just right now or just created. It still blows me away, the results people have and how people feel on the other side of that course. And I still personally go back to it and use so many of the modules myself. I mentioned that in the money mindset wobble episode last week like that was one of my go-tos was going back to and re-engaging with my abundance-based belief system that I had installed and I did that via that course so and it's all delivered via a podcast player which makes it really cool makes it really easy to use so anyway corriejavid.com forward slash limitless just felt like it's really important to let you know that that is there to serve you if you are feeling called to do this work and also if this topic of the energy of money is feeling juicy to you it's there for you my love okay so let's get into this conversation this next level conversation of the energy of money i wanted to talk about consumerism versus abundance because This comes up actually as a mindset issue that I coach clients through frequently, but it's kind of bigger than that. So we're just going to have a conversation about it today. It's not, I don't have like five points to lead you through. I've just got some things that I think we should discuss. So it's the same as if you and I were like curled up on the sofa together, cradling a cup of tea or coffee each and just having a good old chat about this. This is kind of my intention for today's episode. So let's start with the premise here, the mindset block that I help clients unpack often is normally a variation on on the same theme. The theme, the premise of that being, if I become massively wealthy, does this mean I'll just buy more and more stuff? Does this mean I'll become obsessed with stuff and buying things and bigger and more and blingier and whatever? And is it better to not want so much? Is it better to and is it safer to not desire the wealth because I'm concerned with what that will do to me, to the planet maybe, or how I will behave with that money? Now, there's quite a lot in there. 
to unpack. And we'll start with a kind of personal level, but then we'll talk about more of like a society level of like consumerism and abundance. But let's start with you. If this is resonating at all, let me know. But I think one of the things that I see, well, I don't think this, I know it. (laughs) One of the things that I see is a fear of significant amounts of abundance, a fear of even the word wealth. I've done podcast episodes way back on just that word and the energy of it and how it can be triggering to many of us because we don't feel safe in having a lot, in having an overflow of abundance, in being actually really stinking rich, really wealthy. And even just listening to me make that suggestion just tune in for a second and see if that's having any impact on your body or if your brain is going, ah, don't make it wrong if it is. Just notice that though and that will be an indication that there is some programming in there. In your, There's something in your belief system that's telling you it's not safe to be wealthy. Now that's a very big topic and that's something that obviously I would coach you deeply on if you needed it. But one aspect of that is a fear around how we are going to behave with money. And part of that fear is because we have had presented to us so many examples that fit a very similar mold as to what it means to be wealthy or rich. And 99% of the time, it's not painted in a good light is it? Like people talk in a sneering way about the 1%. People, you know, are portrayed in movies and films as being evil and greedy if they are the rich one in that particular scenario. Like we are really fed a lot of quite compelling ideas and pictures of what it means to be wealthy and how bad or wrong it is. And while I am sure that there are people out there yielding wealth and with it power in a way that is not a force for good, but is a force for (laughs) evil or just not greatness, (laughs) that's only one slice of it. That's not the whole picture. And really, when we acknowledge that, we say, okay, I've been conditioned by society and culture to believe that I will become a certain way if I am wealthy, therefore it is not safe for me to be wealthy. It's worth just noticing that. Noticing that most of us here have been on the receiving end of some of that programming at least. And just checking in with yourself and seeing like, can you think of examples of who you think of when you think of the word wealthy and what you see them as doing? And is it positive? Maybe you have some positive examples and yay, high five to that. More often than not though, we have this feeling that it is not safe to be wealthy. And that's one of the myriad reasons. There are many others. A lot of them come down to worthiness. But in combination, but we're going to stick on this path for today, in combination with that social cultural programming, that it is not right, that we do crappy, crummy things with money, that we just buy loads of shit and become really consumerist, etc. Because that's one of the things that we're talking about today. In combination with that though, really what's underpinning that as being a problem is a lack of trust in ourselves. Is this idea that we will inherently change who we are if we come into vast sums of money. And those two things in tandem are quite powerful and can stand very firmly between us and more money. And that more money might not even be whatever you would define as 
significant amounts of wealth. It could even just be the next money level, whatever that is to you. So it's worth being aware of this. It's worth, this is why, you know, I was just talking about limitless money a minute ago. This is why that type of work is really important. Both being able to go in and have a good, honest look at how have I been conditioned? What What is my belief system? What are some of the things that aren't empowering me and aren't serving me that are lurking around in there? And then also equipping yourself with the tools to once you identify something going forward, like, ooh, actually, yes, feel uncomfortable even thinking about the word wealth, as an example, and having tools to deal with that, to know what to do with it. Now, I'm not saying that you have to decide that you want to be wealthy. So don't misunderstand this conversation. But I'm saying that it, you know, if the reason for not being wealthy is because you believe that you're going to become some sort of consumerist a-hole <laughs> or something, or greedy, or start doing bad things, then that's just worth examining. And whether or not we use the word wealthy, or we just use the, the word, you know, abundance, or an overflow of abundance, I've just used the word, like, it's not, it's not really important as such, but the reason why I've been using the word wealthy is because I think we can kind of tune into the word abundance more easily. It has a softer, it has a more feminine vibe to it. I love it for various reasons. The reason I've been using wealth here is because I know that it's triggering. So I'm saying it on purpose to see if there's anything in there that needs to be poked for you. So I can be like that sometimes. My clients will tell you. <laughs> I know if there's something in there and I'll keep poking till it comes out. Because once it's out, it's out. We can look at it and let it go. <laughs> so what I'm not saying is you should want to be wealthy and you should want to buy lots of things. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, is we can be very polarized in our thinking. I mean, isn't that such the kind of downfall of our time these days? But we can think that we have two options. I become wealthier or wealthy or I earn lots of money, whatever the thinking might be. And I end up buying more and more things and becoming a real consumerist. I end up with like tons of stuff and just spending on things that don't really make sense. Or I just decide that actually it would be better to not want so much. Actually, what if I am just trying to satisfy myself with and kind of settle with just enough, just enough is good enough for me. Who am I to want more anyway, you know? Maybe that would be better for the planet. Maybe that would be better and create less waste and etc. But there's a third way, and I'm always a fan of the third way. <laughs> there's a third way, and that's kind of what I want us to get into a little bit today. The third way is leaning into an experience of abundance, opening up to it, receiving more and more, living in an overflow of abundance, and in doing so, living in total alignment with what is most true and most written on your heart, with your true value system. This is what I want us to discuss today, because I think because of the fears that we have, because of the conditioning that we have, we are too quick to dismiss the two option, the one option that we see of, well, I don't know, that route down wealth road looks kind of uncomfortable. Actually, I guess I will just settle for not earning lots of money. And we're talking about here is actually what if there's a middle ground that could be really comfortable to occupy and actually for the benefit of all. So I think we need to cover a couple of things here just as some groundwork. One is that in order to explore this third way, we need to be on the same page about a few things. 
Let's talk about what the energy of abundance is. Let's talk about what the energy of consumerism is and define them separately because I think that can be really useful. But before that, let's just talk about the energy of money very briefly. Money is energy. Everything in this universe at its kind of most basic level is energy. That's not just something that I say, that's science. (laughs) So money is also energy. But money is neutral. Money is responding to your energy on the topic of money. Money is just responding to you. Now, your energy around money will have a lot to do with the things we just discussed. You know, how have you been conditioned? How have you been programmed? And also there might be other factors, for example, things like systematic discrimination. Like there are things out there that also do impact our energy around money. So I want to acknowledge those as well. But it is responding to our energy, the energetic stance that we are in. So knowing this is really useful because therefore money is an amplifier. Money is not good and it's not bad. It is neutral. But it is also an amplifier, a little bit like alcohol, right? But let's maybe not use that as an example because that has its own (laughs) sort of baggage. But if you're an asshole without money, damn straight you're going to be an even bigger asshole with money, right? Because it's an amplifier. You're going to have more ways and means to exercise your assholiness. <laughs> that was a weird word. Let's go with it. And similarly, and I don't tend to attract assholes listening to this show. Similarly, if you are a heart-centered person who actually is here because they want to do some good in the world, hello, waving at you. I know that that's who you are. Guess what you're going to do with more money? more of that. It's going to amplify that. You're going to have more opportunity, more power, more options, more, yeah, more scope. You're going to be expanded in your scope to do good. So heart-centered people just have more avenues to exercise that heart-centered nature when they have more money, when they are facilitated with the resource that money is. So I think that's a really important thing that we forget so easily because there are so many toxic stories and narratives around money. We see so many assholes with money and we think, ugh, well, I don't want money then. But no, just think, ugh, glad I'm not an asshole. <laughs> I can't wait to have my own money and counteract their asshole behavior with my own heart-centered behavior. This would be a better way of us looking at this, right? So now that we've established that, then let's get into defining, okay, what is the energy of abundance and what is the energy of consumerism? Because it could sound at some levels similar, couldn't it? It could sound like, oh, well, there's an abundance of things. And so if I have an abundance of money, I'm going to buy an abundance of things. And then I'm just creating more stuff and shit in the world and more packaging and more emissions and more waste and blah, blah, blah. And of course, if that was your mindset and you were bringing money into your life to fuel that, then of course that will continue. But I think it's really important for us to actually separate the most true essence of abundance and look at it in opposition to the most true aspects of consumerism as an energy. So when we're talking about consumerism, I think what we're really wanting to avoid, if it's something that feels like something that we want to avoid, is mindless consumerism, empty consumerism, buying things for the sake of things, being fixated on things above and beyond other more tangible things, experiences that might be important to us or other values. And so I think that's important to for us to just define as well, as we're not saying, or I'm not saying here, 
that the act of consuming is bad or the act of buying is bad or having things is bad. It's the mindless consumerism. It's the sheer volume and emptiness that it can create in us. I think what we're really talking about here. And so the energy of that is very different. It's funny because for me, when I was thinking about this, that type of consumerism, that mindless consumerism, it comes from a place of wanting to fill a hole. And so while it can result in the manifestation and accumulation of lots of things or lots of waste, whether you keep the things or throw away the things or whatever you do with the things, it's often when it's mindless from a place of filling a hole. So even though it's about lots of stuff, it's also about emptiness and therefore it's underpinned by lack. And when I say filling a hole, I mean that sometimes we are going to, and we all do this, right? So I'm not saying that, like, I'm not necessarily making us wrong for our human behavior sometimes, but I think what we're looking to avoid is just that as an ongoing thing and theme in our lives. Consuming for consuming's sake. is. I think often when we go to that, we are looking for a feeling. We are looking to this thing that we've just bought to somehow make us feel better, And that is trying to fill a hole, like I keep saying, and therefore it is rooted in lack. Or we are buying something in the hopes that it will make us enough. So we are so served ads all the time, the premise of which is, you know, once you have this, you will finally be pretty enough, thin enough, good enough, whatever enough, whether it's the cute, gym leggings that make you look a certain way or you know just endless endless things we could list here it's an idea that suddenly having this thing is going to make me feel or be enough and of course it never does because it's not actually getting to the core of the matter and so if we notice those feelings of not enoughness in ourselves and notice that, or, you know, and sometimes it comes from comparison or ads or whatever. If we notice that we are purchasing and consuming to fill a void, then the place to go is within and to heal and to repair that part of ourselves that tells us that that's what's required for us. But just that act of mindless consumerism, buying things for things sake, I don't think it goes away with having money. And that's why I said that money is an amplifier. I know of people who have lots of money and are deeply unhappy. And it's because they're, and well, I don't know why <laughs> they're necessarily unhappy, but I know people who are spending money in ways that it is, you know, from the outside seems, and maybe I'm being judgmental here and unfair, and I don't necessarily mean it that way, but, you know, you can observe this human behavior in people sometimes searching for and reaching for something and not feeling satisfied, and so it's never enough. The endless, like, redecoration of the same house or the endless purchase of clothes, and I've talked about before, I think on the podcast, that I had a bit of a spending problem, meaning that it was problematic to me and came from a toxic place. Not that spending money is a problem in and of itself when I was in my 20s, but it was because I was also unhappy at the time and I was looking to clothes to fill that void for me. And 
it was a problem because I was spending beyond my means and I was buying things for the sake and that momentary dopamine hit of buying them. And then they were sitting in my wardrobe more often than not unworn with the tags on. And then there was that feeling of shame that I would experience when I would open my wardrobe and see that sitting there. Now I've done my money relationship healing and I feel like that's just an experience that I went through and I've learned from it and it's not something I take forward with me. But all of this just to say that having more money will be an amplifier. So if we are consuming right now as a way of trying to feel a certain way or not feel a certain way of spending to try and block out how we're really feeling or avoid it. And that's only going to be amplified the more that we spend, the more empty we can end up feeling. So I think when we talk about consumerism and the impact on us as an individual, I think that that's important for us to tune into the energy of it is of one of trying to fill a hole. And then on a more sort of larger scale, the thing that I think about is the fact that we live in such a consumerist society. Everything is about stuff and having things and just buying it and buying it now and buying it new. And and there's so much of that that is is harming our planet. And I don't know about you, but I think that came more into focus for me and has come more and more into focus with me having had my daughter and becoming a mum and seeing how different things are for her peers and in her childhood, the expectations of stuff compared to, you know, when I was a kid. And it's so much of our society is about the external markers of status, you know, the latest iPhone and what car we have and the make of trainers we wear and all of these things. And I think that perhaps as mothers, we can then therefore see this and experience this in a different way because we see the difference that's happened since, you know, we were kids compared to our kids and their expectations. And it can make us, and certainly it made me feel like I wanted to run the other way from consumerism. But we need to be careful if we're running the other way from consumerism because we need to run away from it and towards and into the arms of the right thing. <laughs> and this is what I'm kind of getting at with today's episode, is that this this third way, because in shunning that type of consumerism, when it becomes like disgusting, the amount of things. So I'm thinking of Christmas, my daughter's second Christmas, and the mountain of presents underneath the tree made me feel sick to my stomach. When I saw it in its totality, I felt gross. I felt like, oh, what are we doing here? She is two years old. She has no idea really what any of this stuff is. And watching her open presents, she became robotic. It was open it, put it aside, open the next one, put it aside. There was no joy. There was no kind of deep contentment. It was just about open it, more stuff, more stuff. And afterwards, my husband and I talked about it and we said, okay, we're doing Christmas differently from now on because that didn't feel good to us. So my point being is I think this gets kind of magnified through the lens of parenting sometimes. We need to be careful because we don't want to run into necessarily like austerity and extreme frugalism that can feel like lack in and of itself and not necessarily satisfying either. And we can demonize things and material things and the desire for material things. And I don't think that's necessarily the solution either. 
And I don't think it necessarily helps us. So to get into what I see, for me, what I've found feels as the good third way. To get into that, then I think it helps us to look at the energy of abundance. So the energy of abundance, and if we're talking about financial abundance, for me, there's lots of ways, obviously, that you can interpret that with any, you know, word or phrase. But for me, when we're talking about true monetary abundance or truest abundance, it is a feeling of plenty. It's not necessarily too much, but it is plenty, more than enough. A feeling of being able to share, to give freely, to be generous. A feeling of things coming in and going out as the flow should be. A feeling of possibility. It's also, for me, rooted actually in love because of what that abundance can do that is positive for us. And that's very different from an energy of stuff. Is this making sense? And so the case for me for abundance is that we get to express it how we choose, which means that if we are living in a state of abundance, we are necessarily feeling secure, which means we're more likely to make good-natured, good-hearted decisions because a lot of what is wrong in the world is purely down to people acting from fear, from scarcity, and from lack. So when we are in an abundance mindset and creating and cultivating an abundance experience for ourselves, we feel secure because we don't worry that there is a lack. We feel secure in the abundance that is provided to us and that we have available to us. And from that place, we can make really great and therefore abundant decisions. And when we do, we create a positive ripple effect. And the thing that can be really interesting if we bring this back to consumerism and if we want to be and if we have a desire to be anti-consumerist from this mindless, constant fixation on stuff and the accumulation of things, abundance really is that antithesis in my mind. Like, let's look at some examples. So I had a conversation with a client quite some time ago and she said that something that had come up for her that was holding her back from opening up to new levels of abundance was this fear that we've talked about here of of suddenly becoming the sort of person who has loads of stuff and she's very much a minimalist at heart. And I said, okay, so we broke down a lot of the things that we've already talked about today on the show. And I said, so how could you use more money in alignment with your minimalist values and the other values that are part of that, that are important to you. And she said, well, actually, actually, what would be really great is rather than buying like loads of clothes, because I don't really like that fast fashion and I'm not really into designer labels, that's just her personal preference. She said, rather than that, I could use that abundance to pay a really great and really well-trained tailor to tailor make me some like, just like two really exquisite dresses every season that I wear and that just fit me so beautifully and that are made out of really high quality, ethically sourced and ecologically soundly made materials. And that would feel amazing. I was like, there you go. There's your answer. It wasn't the more money that it was the potential problem. It was this idea that with more money, I will slip into and succumb to behaviors that don't feel good to me. And so it's defining actually how could I use abundance to live more in accordance with my values. And I think that's how we can go against consumerism because Part of the problem with the consumerist society that we live in is that we have things that are available 
really cheaply that come at a huge cost to the earth, right? For example, fast fashion. Now, there are many people in an economic situation where they have no choice. They feel like they have no choice. And maybe in their current right now situation, they do have no choice, right? Their budget doesn't stretch to paying for things that come from a company that is making more of an effort to treat their workers fairly and pay them well and provide good working conditions and not use a ton of toxic chemicals in their processes and not use a ton of plastic packaging like I could go on and on but the problem is is because those things are out there cheaply then the people who can't afford to are forced often to make purchases in that vein and I was a person who and I've talked about this before that one thing that I love about having healed my relationship with money and feeling that I am now my own source of abundance and experiencing as a result of that more money in my life is that I get to live more in accordance with my values. And so for me, like organic food was one of those things that I felt like I used to have to compromise on that I couldn't buy just everything that possible organic. I had to you know, buy a couple of things organic, prioritize, you know, what are the kind of like worst offenders out there? with the chemicals and the pesticides and things and I had to kind of like really factor it in and think about it and I felt like I was trading down on my values because of the lack of funds that I had available to me. So this for me is really the case for abundance in many ways um, as an opposition to the kind of consumerist and wasteful wave that is causing us so many problems. And so, you know, we can just think about all of the myriad of ways that having more money, if we have it with the intention of, and we live in an experience of true abundance, then we spend it in accordance with our most heart-centered, good-natured values. And that will look differently to everybody. But when we do that, I genuinely think it will be for the betterment of society and the planet and so on and so forth. Because we get to vote for what's important to us with our dollars, as the phrase goes, or pounds, or whatever, euros, currency, wherever you are. So, for example, for me, like, something that's important is the provenance of my food. You know this, you know that I'm buying a farm or a small homestead type thing for this very reason. I am very aware that the chickens that we have and that we pamper to provide us with eggs will furnish us with exquisite eggs from very happy, well-looked-after chickens who, you know, are helping the earth with their activities and things, but they will be probably the most expensive eggs that I could buy. (laughs) You know, I've had so many people say, like, don't think that having your own chickens will save you money, especially if you want to do things organically and, you know, be mindful of what's best for the environment, what's best for the welfare of the chickens and so on and so forth. And I am happy. I am happy to have the most pampered chickens and the most quote-unquote expensive eggs. This is the thing that we don't consider when we're trying to make it a polarized issue of I get to either have money and with it I necessarily end up down this kind of root of buying always more, 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 every year the newest car, every year the newest iPhone, a bigger, bigger, bigger house, you know, 
when we feel repulsed by that sort of vision of success that gets held up to us often or portrayed to us in the media, we tend to run the other way. But running the other way, we tend to run towards just enough. (laughs) And that's not helpful either, because if we go the third way, which is true abundance, then we have at our disposal resources that can improve things, you know, With me rearing my own chickens, then I'm making fewer trips to the supermarket or having them make fewer trips to me, which is bringing down carbon emissions. I am not requiring any packaging for those eggs, which is, again, reducing our footprint. You know, there's lots of things in there that are important to me, but I get to spend in accordance of it and then therefore make an impact that is a positive one, but only because I have the abundance available to me. And then the other factor I think that really doesn't get thought about is time and the relationship between time and abundance. That when we are living in true abundance, when we are the source of our own abundance, and we've then let go of the old paradigm which dictates that hours in equals pounds, dollars, euros out. When we've done that, we've freed ourselves from that, and we're not having to spend more time than we would choose working because we need the money from that work, but we have a balance and a blend. We are literally buying back time by opting out of that paradigm that hard work, hustle, and sacrifice equals money and success. When we opt out of that and we opt into a more feminine energy-based approach, we literally buy ourselves more time. So with that abundance, it doesn't just come financial abundance, it comes with a more of an abundant sense of time. And we get to use that time too in a way that can be, if we choose it to be, anti-consumerist. So if this isn't my thing, or it's not right now anyway, but if like I felt compelled to make my own clothes as my antidote to fast fashion, for example, and I wanted to, you know, source some really beautiful organic cottons or I don't know and make everything lovingly by hand, that's going to take time. Now, if I'm in a state of abundance and not operating out of fear and lack, I will have that time. I will have that time to do that. And so abundance affords us that resource of time very often or we can literally buy it by hiring out the things that we don't want to do and aren't our zone of genius and therefore create opportunities and and jobs and and continue the flow of abundance outward so it can buy it for us in various different ways but it can absolutely buy us that time so for me for example because I work so few hours I work roughly 16 hours most weeks I have time to spend on things that are important to me. Now, that is in addition to my most biggest, my most biggest, my most basic priorities. So not just time with my daughter, which is super important, not just time with my husband, which is super important, not just time with my best friend, time for myself. I have all of that and an abundance such that an overflow, plenty, such that I can do other things like, for me, I make all of our own bread. (laughs) I haven't been doing this for ages, maybe about three months now, but we haven't bought any kind of bread product from a shop for about three months. It's just important to me and I also enjoy it. So, there's so much, so much crap in shop-bought bread. I won't, I won't go on my soapbox about that. But again, it's about personal values, but 
I'm again reducing that sense of consumerism because again, less trips to the shops, less packaging, less industrial processes, all of those things. Now, obviously we need to eat. So I don't think that necessarily eating is the biggest part of consumerism or mindless consumerism. But you know, my point here is that we can go against some of those larger industrialized processes, some of those impacts on the environment, if that's important to us, against just mindlessly buying things, or throwing things away. Because guess what? I am not going to waste bread if I've made it by hand. <laughs> I have a different attitude towards it, right? So, I mean, we could come up with all manner of examples. The other thing is that, you know, even if you wanted to do some eco swaps, if for you, you're like, oh, I realized that we, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example here on the fly. I'm looking at my desk. We buy and throw away loads of pens because we buy just cheap burrows and they always break or they always run out and then that's more plastic in landfill. Well, to make an eco-swap, any kind of eco-swap, if if any of you have ever done this, and I'm sure many of you have, it always comes at a higher price tag, (laughs) right? So to buy the pen that doesn't have any plastic in it and is made in a sustainable way and stuff, it's always going to come at a significantly higher price than the cheap multi-pack of biros or whatever. And again, this is the third way, is we get to, therefore, use this abundance freely in a way that is counteractive to consumerism. So we can come up with just so many examples of where if we are looking to move away from consumerism and maybe buy things that are better and higher quality and more responsibly made and last longer, they necessarily come with a higher price tag. And this is one of the most beautiful things that I like to channel my abundance into when it comes to spending. But the thing that I also want to acknowledge here is that this conversation isn't about not having things and not buying things. So I think that's the other thing that we need to be careful of when we're talking about consumerism versus abundance is that it's not about living some sort of monastic life of, you know, only owning like one outfit and a toothbrush. (laughs) If you want to, go for it. But it's not to vilify things necessarily. So it's all about the energy with which we buy them. So we could buy one item and but buy it with the consumerist and therefore lack energy, or we could buy the same thing from a place of abundance and have a completely different experience. So let's say, for example, a handbag. Let's say that you are buying a handbag from the kind of consumerist energy. Maybe you've seen all of these TikTokers or Instagrammers with this particular handbag and you just feel like, well, if I have that handbag, then maybe finally I will compete or I will finally be happy with this handbag, right? Now, maybe none of us here are bothered about handbags. I don't know. Maybe you are. But if you're buying it from that place of then I'll feel better, you know, or buying makeup is a great one, isn't it? When we see somebody, oh, she's put that makeup on and then she looks amazing, her and her 17 filters. And by the way, she's also 20. And by the way, she's also had Botox and filler. If I buy that makeup, then maybe I will feel less crap about myself. Maybe I'll finally feel like I look good enough. And that's when we buy things for the sake of buying them. We often don't use them. We often throw them away because they didn't do the job because nothing, no thing that we buy is ever going to do the job. In that instance, the handbag or the makeup, switch it in and out for anything that you can think of from that place of 
needing it to fill a hole, it's never going to fill that hole and it will always therefore be wasteful and therefore always feel empty. And it just perpetuates the cycle. It perpetuates the cycle of, of waste and negative impact on the planet. But it also perpetuates the cycle of then, you know, like I mentioned with when I had the clothes shopping problem, I was faced with shame, feelings of shame every time I saw those clothes in my wardrobe. So it perpetuated that negative feeling about myself, which then I tried to satisfy with more clothes, you know, so it becomes cyclical. You can have the same thing and purchase it, but with an entirely different energy. And I think that's what's most important. Maybe that handbag, it's the same handbag, but maybe your motivations in buying it are entirely different. Maybe it's from a brand that you're just obsessed with. You love the hand stitching on it. You love that them, you know, beautifully crafted and made, I don't know, in the foothills of some Italian mountain. I don't know, I'm just making something up here, right? And you've seen this designer or this person who makes these and you've seen their process and you love how they love on their workers and then, I don't know, maybe a B Corp or something and they give back to some really meaningful charity to you. And when you wear that handbag and it maybe it was a stretch to buy it at first and you wear that handbag and it just represents everything that's important to you and it just is a thing of beauty and joy and every time your hand goes into it to get out of your phone or your keys or whatever you just feel like oh yes this handbag I did this I bought it I always wanted one and here it is and I feel like such a badass when I have it on my shoulder completely different experience right because you came at that spending choice from a place of abundance not a place of lack same with the makeup you know if you're like "Mm, it would just feel so dreamy to have like delicious feeling dewy skin for no reason other than it would feel delicious to me not because I feel like my skin isn't good enough or I need to look younger or I'm not filling any hole and you find some product and again you know the value of the company align with your own and it comes in this beautiful packaging that just makes you all kinds of you know next level vibes and the whole experience of using it is a vibe to you that's an entirely different thing and so every day that you use it or maybe you use it once a week in a particular way and you use it and it feels like a true act of self-care and it's a gift to yourself and you receive it as that gift entirely different experience could be the exact same product on both sides, but one that comes from that kind of consumerist, mindless place of needing and feeling like we want to fill a hole and keep up and whatever are those emotions around it. And the other just comes from a place of pure joy. And so I say that because I don't want to vilify things. If you love designer handbags, my love, you get designer handbags. If you want a really massive McMansion, you get the massive McMansion. If you want a fleet of staff, if you want private jets, I think go for it. It's not about judging. It's about is that coming from your soul? If yes, do it. Is that making you feel all kinds of lit up just for the sheer joy of the experience and not because it is required to fill any hole? Then do it. But that's the difference. That's the tuning in. And that's, I think, the opportunity that we all have. Now, Do I get this right 100% of the time? Obviously not, I'm a human. But it's something that I think about more and more. And when I was talking about my journey with the energy of money, one of the things that I kind of was reflecting on as I was thinking about recording this episode today is that things that I used to think that I wanted, now I don't want anymore. Now partly that's my value systems changed as I've matured and gotten older. But part of that is that 
when things felt unavailable to me, then I wanted them more. And that's okay. And also I hadn't really examined back then what was my personal version of success, not what was society serving up to me as a version of success. And so now I'm in a position where I can buy some of these things that I used to think were important. I don't want them. And it's not because having that thing would be wrong. It just isn't important to me anymore. Um, but I think that there's a there's you know stages to that sometimes. We need to know ourselves well to be able to tune into what something is you know where something is coming from our heart our soul that deepest truest place rather than coming from fear coming from comparison coming from the part of us that doesn't feel good enough you know part of it is that tuning in part of it is healing our relationship with money and feeling like it is available to us because suddenly when something's available to us often the the shine goes away we're like ah, it turns out I didn't really want it I only wanted it because it felt like I couldn't have it So my journey with things and the having of stuff has been different. Like there are things that I used to want and used to seem important to me and don't anymore. And now other things are important. But again, it's not about, there's no right or wrong. There's only for me, I think really the biggest invitation in in today's episode is just examining what's important to you. What are your values? And also what are you believing about money? And then where is the kind of intersection of all of that? Where where are you being shown an opportunity to work? Because we are always all being shown an opportunity to work, all of us, right? And I mean like that edge <laughs> that exists for us. Maybe at the beginning, me suggesting that you become wealthy was triggering. Look at that. <laughs> Maybe you feel really, really adverse to any kind of spending and it brings you out in hives or you feel uncomfortable spending on yourself again look at that or maybe you really do have this fear of I'm gonna you know become that person who's very greedy and wealthy and so it's not safe like look at these things and I invite you to consider the third way so rather than running into the arms of frugality that's rooted in lack now frugality is not always rooted in lack Some people get like an abundance kick from that, but that's a whole separate episode. But you know what I'm saying? Running into just settling, running into making do just enough. Rather than that, what about if we go for the third way? I think it's a more beautiful route because it's one in which we can actually, you know, vote with our money. It's one that we can spend and create demand in alignment with our values and we can make choices in alignment with our values and if our heart and our value system is in alignment with the betterment of those around us whatever aspect of that is important to us and it can only ever be a good thing so I literally cannot see how the path of abundance isn't actually just a perfect antidote to the kind of consumerist society we find ourselves in today. So those are my thoughts on that. I'd love to know what you think. What came up for you? What surprised you? What delighted you? What are you really considering? What is your value system? Hit me up in Instagram. Hit my DMs over there. Never in Facebook, please. You won't hear from me. Um, 
Because I, I do love hearing from you, though. Send me an Instagram DM. I'm at Corrie Javid over there. If this has got you thinking about your relationship with money in a deeper way and you would love some support with that, Limitless Money is a fantastic place to start. So I would invite you to consider that. Head over to corriejavid.com forward slash limitless if that feels good to you. I've been loving this topic of the energy of money. We've got another, they've got our fourth episode in this series coming out next week. And then after that, we have a new and juicy topic coming. And as I said, I promise to bring you the time-bending episode. It's going to be a good one. And on that note, if you have anything else, if you ever hear anything on the podcast and you think, oh, I'd love you to expand on that more. I'd love you to get into that more deeply. Or a question that you have that I haven't answered or a topic that you would love me to talk about, I absolutely adore it when you send me those. So send me that again in Instagram. I'm all ears. And don't forget, you get to be abundant. You know why? You are limitless. Bye for now. So my love, you know what they say, sharing is caring. If you loved today's episode, then help a mother out. I would be so grateful if you would take a screenshot of this episode in your podcast player right now and post it to your Insta stories, tagging me at Corrie Javid and help me get the word out that we get to be successful because we're mothers, not in spite of it. Let's save as many other mothers in biz as we can from this old paradigm of hustle, effort, and sacrifice. And let's spread the word on energy over effort, shall we? Thanks, love.